Hey family, this is Pastor Stefan with Activate Ministries, and thank you for tuning in to the Activate Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you and ultimately gets you closer to where God wants you to be. So let's get into this message. So tonight, because this is chill and refill, I, I like to sit down, right? Um, we're going to talk about something that is going to be like a spinoff from Sunday's message. So uh, first off, if you think 9 o'clock in the morning is too early on a Sunday, raise your hand. Man. Did Ileana put her hand up? <laughs> All right, would y'all rather meet Saturday night? You rather meet Saturday night? Raise your hand. Yeah, the, re- the reason it's too early is because what you're doing Saturday night, huh? Bunch of heathens. <laughs> kidding. Kidding, kidding. Um, but we, we talked about, on, on Sunday, we talked about how our, um, how church people have always found difficulty finding church life balance. We compared it to work-life balance and how that's a very popular thing now since the pandemic and how companies have realized that the better people are from a personal well-being perspective, the better they perform as a professional. So there's been a lot of emphasis on, on work-life balance. And then God highlighted to me that uh, even before the pandemic, we as believers have struggled to find church-life balance. And so I, I taught from 1 Corinthians, and I talked about how Paul went and, and wrote to the Corinthian church about how not to allow the culture to influence their, their ministry and their faith because they were heavily influenced by Greco-Roman culture. They were trying to bring in other stuff, idol worship, uh, sexual immorality, cults, and, and trying to make it fit into Christianity and make it convenient for them. So instead of working out their salvation with fear and trembling, they were piecemealing it together with things that were convenient. And Paul told them, don't fool yourselves. Any of you who, and he went down a list of things, if you do this, 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 or this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't fool yourselves. And so today I want to pick up, I want to look at that same scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to start at verse 9 from the New Living Translation. And as you're looking for that, is there anybody here that needs a physical Bible? Raise your hand. I prefer a Bible that doesn't send me notifications when text messages come in. But if, you, if you're like me and you need a physical Bible, raise your hand. Y'all good? Okay. So again, the Corinthian church was heavily influenced by culture as you're finding the scripture. And on Sunday, we talked about how today's church is still heavily influenced by culture and how we have to be careful as believers to draw a clear distinction between what's holy and what's worldly. So first, let's let's get into the word. So 1 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 9, it says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. Some of you were once like that. That baby is telling on somebody. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed. Hallelujah. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Some of you were once like that. 
but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. The topic of tonight's discussion is keep calling. Keep calling. Now, you all know, don't even look over there. We're not having any more babies. She's over here smiling every time she hears a baby cooing. I'm like, don't get any ideas. Amen? You were once like that. Anybody that knows me knows that I was once like a few of these things, right? One thing I love about this ministry is that we're a transparent church. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about some things that people struggle with in, in this church. And if Paul were to write this church, he wouldn't talk about all of this stuff. He would talk about some of it. But mainly he would talk about, hey, you know, I, I hear that some of the people in your community um, have struggled with the herbal um, meditation plants that if you so happen to light on fire, things happen, right? He would talk to us about that. He would talk to us about, you know, how, you know, Stefan and Christina, you guys should not bicker on the way to church on Wednesdays, right? Because you have something more important to do. He would, he would write us about that. He would write us about um, not allowing disagreements to take our volunteer team off course. He would congratulate us on working through some of those things. He would talk about how some of your members are balking at nine o'clock services on Sunday, but stay faithful. They're going to come, right? Um, the point is, he wrote to the church in Corinth the things that they were struggling with. Sometimes today's church and leaders will emphasize certain behaviors to talk down on people, to condemn people, to make people feel a certain way, where that's not the heart of what Paul was doing. The heart of what Paul was doing was highlighting the fact that some of you were just like that. And in the verse, in the, in the chapter prior, he reminded them, he said, don't you remember when I wrote you in my first letter? When I told you that those who practice sexual immorality would not inherit the kingdom, I wasn't talking about people outside of the church. I was talking about y'all in the church. If I told you to avoid people that practice sexual immorality outside of the church, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. I'm not expecting people that don't consider themselves to be a believer to hold themselves up to the biblical standard. However, those of you who claim to be believers and practice these things, that's who I'm talking to. And so when we look at this, I want to break down what some of these things mean because those who indulge in sexual sin, that just means unlawful sexual intercourse. Anything outside of marriage ordained by God between a man and a woman is what he's referring to. Right? Those who worship idols, this isn't necessarily you bowing down to a statue. That word idol means image. And we talked about how we're in award season. And there are a lot of people in this community who are in the arts and who write and produce and act and all of these things. And if you're not careful, you will allow your pursuit of your profession to become your idol. Okay? Commit adultery. That's anybody who deals with somebody who's, who's married, right? And I've, all, I've already told on my former self twice, and we're not even halfway through it. Then it says, or are male prostitutes. Now, re remember I said that this, was highly, this, this community was highly influenced by Greece and by Rome. When it talks about male prostitutes, it's talking about the effeminate of a catamite. A catamite is a young boy who submits himself to a man. Hello, Catholic Church. That's what he's talking about here. 
prepubescent boys that submit themselves to men. Practice homosexuality, that's self-explanatory. Or are thieves, not just that you're out here snatching purses, but you're doing things in secret, getting over on people, taking things that aren't yours. Greedy people, people that are covetous, drunkards, that was me again. I'm like five in right now. Has anybody heard anything that they struggle or have struggled with thus far? Okay, I love the honest church. Um, or are abusive. And that word translates to revilers. They use abusive language to destroy people. You ever met a mean person that would just say anything just to try to break you? Unfortunately, some of those people have been in pulpits. Unfortunately, some of those people have been in the church body. Unfortunately, some of those people have turned people away, not only from their church, but from the faith. Paul is talking to that person. Or greedy people. Or people that, that are abusive, that cheat people. None of them will inherit the kingdom. And that's the blessings of God that are present now and that are to come. So don't fool yourself. If there's anything that I spoke, and these aren't my words, these are Paul's, that caused something in you to kind of feel, you know, convicted, that's a good thing. Because Paul also talks about something called godly sorrow. And it's the type of sorrow that draws you to repentance. And it's not the sorrow of people that are perishing because there's no reward with that. So if you feel any type of conviction, any type of godly sorrow, let that draw you to repentance, which is allowing yourself to reconsider how you view that thing. I'm going to tell y'all the honest truth. I've been married to my wife. It'll be nine years in April. Amen faithfully amen and let me tell you something just because I married my wife and I've been faithful does not mean that I became blind nine years ago doesn't mean that I automatically just up oh, no longer can be attracted to attracted women no more turn that switch off no temptation is something that we will always have to combat always and when you make a decision to surrender and submit to God's way of doing things you still have the same temptations you don't get saved and get blind get saved and all of a sudden you're not attracted to the things you were once attracted to get saved and not want to smoke weed get saved and not want to drink get saved and not want to fill in the blank right Salvation that you making that decision does not take away the desires of the flesh. However, what we are able to do as believers, even though some of us were once like this, we are able to be cleansed, we are able to be made holy, we are able to be made right with God by calling on the name Lord Jesus. So when these moments come, when temptation arises, Lord Jesus, you know I do not want to look at what just walked past me. Help me. Calling on the Lord Jesus is also acknowledging him in all of our ways. And when we do that, he directs our path. Scripture also tells us that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. And he says there will always be a way out. The problem is, we all don't always take the way out. We make excuses and say, we slipped and fell on something. Oh, no, you can't slip and fall on that, Jack. That took intention. We don't take the way out. But Scripture tells us we will always have a way out. God will always provide a way out. Here's what makes temptation difficult. It's not always presented to you by a devil. 
It's presented to you, if you're Adam, by your wife. The serpent didn't come to Adam. The serpent went to the person that had access to Adam. So you have to be very careful with people that have access to you. The people that can come to you with your guard down. The person that can just hand you the forbidden fruit and you just bite it in your sleep without thinking twice about it. That's when temptation comes. With your friends, right? Some of you, the way out of temptation is simply you clicking that block button on your iPhone. The way out is ending access to you via that device. The way out is blocking that person on Instagram. The way out is completely severing ties with this person that has had an uninhibited access channel to you. And all it takes is them to say that one thing, sing you that one emoji, sing you that one picture from your past that you both were enjoying life in sin and in ratchetry. And it gets, you, it gets you sucked right back in. So temptation is brought to those, by those rather, that have access to you. All right? So keep calling. Somebody say keep calling. Because we were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Another thing I want to point out about that is when we look at the fact that calling on the name of the Lord and by the Spirit, because it is the Spirit that is our advocate, it is the Spirit that is our helper, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus invokes that Spirit. It keeps us in constant communication with God, with Christ, and allows us to be familiar with the spirit of God that is in us. When we get out of the habit of calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, the other voices that we've been familiar with are the things that we, our ears are tuned to. And that's what we respond to. So when you find yourself tempted by the things that God is calling you out of and the thing that you felt is the thing that he's calling you to surrender to him, and it might even be something, like I said, that's not written here because Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. If there's something that God is highlighting to you personally that you know it's time to let that go, that's not of me, says God. I have something greater. I have something better. I have a blessing that makes man rich and adds no sorrow with it. If you feel that, that's him calling you to surrender that thing. Amen? And when we do, remember, your life won't, it won't always suddenly be transformed. There are certain things in my life that I was able to give up like that. There are other things in my life that took time, right? But it's okay as long as you are keeping yourself in healthy community, which is why I'm so excited about what God is doing in Activate, right? Um, healthy conversation and communication, the word tells us also to confess our sins one to another. It's not so that you can be judged. It's, hey, I need help. Pray for me. Pray with me. Have an accountability person. I had, uh, when, I, when I first rededicated my life, um, my brother Ebenezer Quay, shouts out to Pastor Eb, we would talk at once a week, and I would call him, Hey, man, it's been seven days. No alcohol, no sex. Cool, man, keep going. Hey, man, it's been 14 days. No alcohol, no girls still, like, going strong. All right, man, keep going. Praying with you, praying for you. Hey, man, it's been 37 and a half days. I almost slipped up two hours ago, but I'm still here. That made the world of a difference in my walk because 
first off, I'm able, through my authenticity and vulnerability, I'm able to share that, and I'm able to talk to someone who has overcome some of the things that I'm trying to overcome. And encouragement from that type of person hits different. You can't tell me something that you haven't done before. Don't pre- I, I, I can't have you preaching something at me that you're not walking in. I don't take marriage advice from people that have crappy marriages. I don't want what you have, so therefore I don't, I don't receive what you're giving me. So it's very important to establish these healthy connections and relationships so that when you are in that moment when you need somebody to, to be a destiny advocate, as I like to call it, someone to keep you honest and accountable that you can trust, that is someone that you can actually grow with. All right? So regardless of what it is, if it is a sex thing, if it is the, the greedy thing, if it is a homosexuality thing, if it is that, that you cheat people, that you get drunk, that you're abusive, that you're mean, right? That thing can start to shift right now by you calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. And as we get into worship tonight, how much time I got? Because ain't no clock right there. We good? Okay, because I want to open this up for conversation. As we get into worship tonight, that's going to present an opportunity for you to just have your time with God and surrender whatever it is and ask him to fill you up. The Holy Spirit is real. And when you allow that thing, that spirit, the Holy Spirit, to govern you and to lead you and you listen to it and you spend time in your word and in prayer, it literally shifts your heart and changes your life. The fruit of your life represents the reality of the Holy Spirit. We're living in it, right? Nine years. We might have wanted to chop each other's heads off every now and then, but God is faithful. Um, so I want, I want to open up the floor for conversation. I'm going to inv- invite my fly girl up here. Um, I want to open up the, conver- the, the floor for conversation because I'm curious to hear those of you <clears throat> that have been cleansed. And I know some of your testimony, so I will call you out if you don't volunteer. But those of you who have been cleansed by, by anything and you have a testimony to share as a result, I want... I want the room to hear that because it's going to serve as encouragement. It's going to serve as inspiration. It's also going to serve as an example that I'm not in this on my own. So what have you been cleansed from? And how has God moved in that area of your life? I want to just kind of break the mold of if someone might be dealing with legalism, like, okay, I got to make sure I do this because it's not about that. Like, we know we're saved by grace through faith, but then comes the work, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, trembling, walking and being a disciple is different from being saved. Now you're living for Christ. Now you're dying daily. You're offering your body up as a living temple for the Lord to have his work through you. So this involves us voluntarily dying, which would list these things and how we, we know that what's keeping us bound, our fear, our anxieties, our anger, our past hurts, whatever it is, this is us dying to ourselves and taking up the mind and garment of Christ. So over what one thing that I that came to mind, and I may have shared this before, but I was dating this guy a long time ago, long time ago. Long time ago. And he smitten me with the words, because we met online. So, which that's fitting for today. And he had charisma. And he, so one day he was reading this book, and I think it was called The the Lost Book of Egypt or The Black Book of Egypt, Ah, something demonic. Very intelligently written, so intelligent. Now, mind you, I grew up in the church. I grew up witnessing praying parents and seeing demons cast out of people. I grew up seeing that. But somehow reading one paragraph of this book managed to strip me of my faith in Jesus. It was that remarkably written. It, it made a case that there was no God, but there's only war and all this kind of stuff. And so as I'm reading this, and he, was, he read it every day, I literally thought, oh, no, was everything that I taught a lie? 
like, is there no hope? Is when we die, we just die? Like, it, it literally took my faith in that moment. But I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading. I was not living like I should be. So that night, I went to sleep, and I just wake up. You know, one of those Holy Spirit wake up. I didn't know it then, but I, I heard, get your Bible and go in the living room. And when God tells you to do something, you don't argue. You, you can't. It's, at least for me, I can't. It's just I have to. I grabbed my Bible. I went into the living room. And he said, open up to John 3.16. Now, this is one of the first scriptures you learn as a child in, in Sunday school. This is a fundamental scripture. As I read it, and the, the living room was dark. I didn't have any lights on. I didn't want to wake him up. I had a roommate at the time. So I'm reading John 3.16, and I kid you not, the words are literally coming off the page, and I'm eating it. It's entering me. I didn't realize, because I didn't have my shield of faith up, I didn't have my helmet of salvation, I didn't have the armor of God on, so the enemy was able to steal that word from me, but it hadn't been imparted into me the way it was imparted into me that day. Like, I encountered the Holy Spirit in a way that I've by his grace. I didn't do nothing. I was living like Jonah, like, or not Jonah. Was it Jonah who got swallowed up by the whale? That was Jonah, right? That was me running away from God. But it's his grace that, call, that saves us. It's his grace that part, calls us to partner with him. And, and the importance of reading his word, because it's what the uh, Ephesians says, the washing of the water of the word. That's what the word does. And we know the, the, there's the rhema word of God, which is, which is that immediate release and then there's scripture that is the sealed and it's not changing God's not changing so in order to you may not be struggling with you know the things that my husband listed in this passage but you may be struggling with fear you may be struggling with strifing and and hatred and all sorts of divisions and prejudices just things that culture and life and experiences built up and God is saying, if you're going to live for him purposefully and actually overcoming, you have to be cleansed by the water of the word. And also confessing your sins one into another, which is why we have this space, to share, like, I'm going through this. I know I'm in a war. There's a stronghold over my life, over my family. And guess what? God is calling you to be breakers of those strongholds. And the enemy wants you to think, oh, it's just casual, it's just life. No, there's a war out for your, I'm not going to say soul now, because I, I believe when you believe in Jesus, your salvation is signed, sealed, and proved. But now it's your purpose, your mission, inheritance. That's what the enemy, he's like, he doesn't want what you can have now and what you're going to have in glory. He don't like that. So if I can just keep them busy. Keep them distracted. Keep them self-loathing. Keep them in their fear. Keep them bound in their whatever. I, I, at least I got that. But God wants you to know your weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Y'all are spirit soldiers. And so if you can adopt uh, an, an attitude of every day, I'm going to thank the Lord, even though I feel like I'm, I can't, it's not authentic, but his, his praise will be on my lips because that's the, that's the sacrifice, the Bible says, the sacrifice of our praise. That helps us get in alignment and hear the voice of God, maybe not audibly, but discerning, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to pray. And guess what? A lot of the work is in prayer. That's where the Holy Spirit moves. That's where the Lord moves is in prayer. And then everything else will just happen as a reflex, as, a, as you move and be the light be an example, but my point is that the Lord cleansed me that day, John 3, 16. It's like I had never read it before, and it, it, when, the, when the Lord says that he writes his word on our heart, that's what he did in that moment. I was 25, 20, 25, and since then, it was like, oh, Jesus is real. Like, it, he gave it all back to me. I, I slept on the couch. I told the guy, I can't see you anymore. Bye. That was it. And I was in church, and I surrounded myself, well, not even me, the Lord's grace. He surrounded me with people who were like-minded, who genuinely loved God and wanted to live for God. And we, we built we, this, this, what we're cultivating here. I can't tell you how pivotal it was for me, walking in righteousness. Not my righteousness, because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. But in Christ, this is so 
crucial. And even Paul says, do not forsake the gathering. That is concrete. So, who's next? Yes, the question was, can you probably? The question was, what have you been cleansed from? So when Paul said, many of you, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. What have you been cleansed from? And how has God been moving your life in that area? And, or, what is it that you need to be cleansed from? <laughs> That's for the real authentic ones in the house of God. Saying it out loud lets the enemy know you're aware and you want to break the covenant of what, because we enter into covenants daily. Yeah. Oh man, I guess I'm never going to get married. Well, that's, all right, that's fine. Oh, well, I guess I'm never going to break out of debt. Oh, it's fine. Just to name. So when you, when you say these things, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Yeah. So, and then in worship, you, you know, God's going to move anyway, but it's not, this is not a, this is very safe. This is you, this is part of warfare. Yeah. Amen. Um, hey, y'all. Hi. Um, so for me, I feel in the season that I'm in, God is cleansing me from my love of not wanting to surrender. I came into the new year believing God or praying that I will be in swift obedience. And I cannot say that has been easy these last, what, 30 days. It's has not been easy saying that I have been will, a willing vessel to God to what everything that he wants and desires for me to do. So my cleansing would be my surrender. And when you were talking about Jonah, like the first thing that kind of came to my mind was like no time lost because the time that he spent in the well was the same three days it would took him to get to where he was supposed to be going anyway. So in that level of surrender, it's like why waste time when you could just be where you're supposed to be and allow God to align that. So I guess my cleansing or my prayer request is not letting fear contaminate my faith and surrendering my level of wanting to be in control of God's plan. That's good. Thank you, Jazz. I'll go next. So I think for mine, there's two stuff that I need, or two things I need to surrender or do better. I know recently I've been feeling hopelessness, and that's an attack that the enemy has been trying to like suppress me with. And it just got to a point that I just didn't have faith. And I know I was praying, I'm like, God, I don't have faith. And I get, I think it gets to a point where you can no longer live on a borrowed faith. You can't live on your parents' faith. You can't live on what you heard. And oh, God's good, God heals. Well, I've, I haven't seen you heal. Like I haven't seen you do all these things. And I know last night, I'm like, God, I need, I need faith for where I'm going because I know I know the time is approaching. I don't know how to explain it, but I know something is going to shift, and I need you, and I need to see you and know that you're going to catch me, you know, if I can't see in the small stuff, and how am I going to trust you to wage wars with demons and bring down strongholds and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. But I also know that I, I had to look back and journal, like, things that I feel like God has showed up for me for and just stand on that because... Back in the Old Testament, you know, they would build altars every time they encounter God. But we were like, oh, that, that just worked out. That's cool. And not give God his glory. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you do better is just having more faith and, mm -hmm. like, not looking for disappointment. Like, actively, like, oh, this is not going to work out. Oh, this didn't work out, but I'm not surprised. Like, not getting your hope up because you don't want to be disappointed. But no, like, God, I'm looking for you. And I'm looking for, like, I'm looking for your goodness in every day first thing and there's children in the room so I'm gonna like water it down so y'all can catch the vibe um <laughs> the second thing is I'm young and I'm single and the hormones are just raging they're raging <laughs> that's honest <laughs> they're raging and I think it got to a point because people have their um ratchetry phase I never did ever so it got to a point my god I wish I would have like lived carelessly like I wish mm. I was the prodigal son who squandered because at least he got to live life which is mm. like a very dangerous place to be kind of but my god that's how I feel mm -hmm. and I had a dream with British who she didn't know man I didn't tell her I had a dream with British and my aunt and in the dream we were all talking and she and I was like well 
I can still do it. And she was like, no, your time has passed because you know better. And since you know better, it's actively sinning. Mm. So you have to stay the course. And then British, she was driving my dream random. And she looked back. She's like, your time is coming. You're mm. getting married soon. So just stay strong. So it was just, yeah. So it's just like how people here can pop up. And that's encouraging for me, but also like to stay the course and to not, you know, fall in the fourth quarter. Because yeah. child. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Angel, thank you so much um, for the for the honesty. I want to respond to the the part about wishing you had your moment of ratchetry. Um, because I had this conversation with with a, a young man I was uh, mentoring when I was back in L.A., and he was a young husband, knew my testimony, and we had we had breakfast, and he said. You know, I, I've always tried to be on the straight and narrow. I never had the experience of like the wild parties and the girls and all of this stuff. And sometimes I wish I would have had that. I feel like if I would have had that, I would be at a place now where I know I can just, you know, settle down and, and, and just be calm. I said, bro, you don't realize how blessed you are to have avoided the lifestyle that you claim you missed out on. Because while it looks appealing, it looks fun, you don't see the, the heartache and the darkness posted on Instagram. You don't see the loneliness, you don't see the shame, you don't see the regret, you don't see the broken relationships and friendships and squandered resources and lost jobs and jail time and wrecked cars. You don't see your life flashing before your eyes and you making decisions based on, you know, wanting to pursue that and it literally almost costing you, you your life several times. That ain't what you see. The enemy positions everything. He comes as an angel of light. He makes darkness appear light to you. And makes it look like, yeah, makes it glamorous. And so I thank God that he protected you and shielded you from that. And, and even in this moment where, you know, things are raging, it just means you're human, right? You calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, it might not stop you from raging. It will put your mind in a place where, hey, my decision to prioritize your word takes precedence over what my body wants, and all it is is a constant renewal of the mind and you re reminding yourself whose you are and what the priority and the standard is. Amen? And we'll be praying for you. Amen. You want to say something too? The scripture came up when Jazz was talking and then it was like, okay, let me just read it. James 1. And starting at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Your trial is waiting for hopelessness, feeling hopeless, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, and then it goes to say, if, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, so lacking nothing is not a tangible thing. If any of you lacks wisdom, so lacking nothing, wisdom is everything. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You talked about that the timing of which God gives is different. It's different than us. We're so linear. We're in time. We feel it all. It's different. And then when Jesus, before he went into his ministry, he was full of the Holy Spirit and went to get what? Tempted. So before any major assignment, any, any active ministry work, there's a time of where you feel like you are on the brink. Rest assured that the Lord is with you. And there's a patience being made perfect in you. Amen. And that's confirmation for me because that's what I've been praying for is wisdom. And that scripture has been like repeating in my mind. Like even when I was driving here and I was talking to God, my God, I ask for wisdom because you give wisdom generously. I don't have to look for it. I believe you give it. So, Amen. Yeah. So I wasn't going to share this. I wasn't going to put you in my business, but I feel like God, you know, wants me to share. And I probably said this before. Um, 
in November 2018, God told me to stop. Y'all know what? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? <laughs> and so it's 2024 right now, right? Okay. And so um, I remember, like, even after he told me, I went back in, did it, and I remember running out of that house, like, um, y'all remember that scene from the Players Club? <laughs> like, I felt like I was being just, like, humiliated. And so, like, um, I want to say be encouraged. It's has not been easy, but in times that I have had myself in situations where, okay, I could have did it, it was something holding me back and stopping me where like, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this because I remember what God told me to do. And um, it is sometimes a constant prayer like, God, you know the type of person I am, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so just be encouraged and Hold on, girl. It's hard, but hold on. Me, I have so much more I'll share with you after, but me and my best friend are literally having this conversation because she was uh, recently divorced, and, um, you know, she doesn't live that. She's not a promiscuous girl. Like, she's 40. I'm putting her business in the street, but she's only been in relation with two people her whole life. That, and that is a blessing in itself. And sometimes she says that th same thing. She wish she would have had that. But with that comes, like... The, the soul ties, and I just remember being so depressed sometimes and like at work in a break room crying, like, why am I crying? Because I got those other spirits in me that I don't even need to have. And once I stopped, I'm so free of like just the depression that Amen. came along with like doing that. Now, it's hard, but <laughs> stay the course. <laughs> stay the course is <laughs> and, and look, that's important. You know what I mean? That's why that's why it's important for us to confess the struggle because there's somebody in the room that can and will encourage you. That's the that's the purpose of community, right? So, I really appreciate y'all. All right, what's up, guys? Hi. Um, <laughs> so mine, I feel like is no, no. I feel like I know for sure is procrastination and laziness. Um. The thing you need to be free from, for okay. sure. Oh, okay. for sure. One of my favorite quotes is a quote that Bishop Rosie said at ILS one year, and it was, procrastination is the arrogance that God will give you another chance to do tomorrow what he gave you the chance to do today. It's one of my favorite quotes. Am I living that quote? No, obviously, <laughs> right? And so, um, yeah, I just feel like I need... Not that I need deliverance from that, because I know, like, I know I don't have to pick up the phone and scroll on Instagram. I know that I don't have to watch Netflix all day. I know that I don't have to talk to my friend for three hours on FaceTime. We, what are we talking about? Um, but, yeah, I just feel like I need to be, I guess, more disciplined in the fact that I know exactly what I need to be doing every day, because I know every day. I wake up. Now, one thing I'm not disobedient on is my prayer time with God, which is at 4 in the morning. But it was like, hey, get up, pray. Stay up, though. I've been going back to sleep. <laughs> um, so, and then because I go back to sleep after that three hours of time, sometimes three hours, um, and by 12 o'clock, I'm like, oh, my day is over with, so I'll just do whatever until the next day, and I'll do better tomorrow. So my goal for this new coming month, which starts tomorrow, tomorrow obviously, is to actually do the things that I'm supposed to do, but not procrastinate in that, because I know for sure that it is the reason why I'm not progressing at the pace that I know that I can progress and being exactly where I know God wants me to be in his timing, obviously, um, because I'm taking my time doing it. So, yeah. So not only will we pray for you, we got your phone number. <laughs> so we're going to be texting you, um, you know, just a little nudge and reminder and encouragement because that's what we're here for. Once we are made aware, right, now I feel convicted if I don't. James, the book of James also says, if you know what you ought to do and you do not do it, it is sin. I know that if my sister needs a nudge, to send her a text message nudge. So, um, and I think everybody that's in the volunteer group chat will be on one accord and of one mind, right? To stand in agreement. So, but thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Who's next? This side has been very quiet. Yeah, they have been. So I know that the spirit is doing something over here. It's not just baby Talia. <laughs> baby Talia is the only one shouting over there. 
okay, so what I need cleansing from is anxiety. My anxiety can get like horrible, like, like I can't do anything. It's debilitating. Um, so I definitely need that. Like my anxiety is rising up right now. I don't like public speaking either. Um, and what I've been cleansed from is, well, I think I'm still being cleansed from it. And that is like right now, it's like I'm, I, I've been praying for that fire, for that thirst, you know, that hunger and that thirst. And I have it, and it is like all engulfing, is getting on his nerves a lot. <laughs> it is because I don't know how to come out of it. Maybe I need that balance, but I can't really, I work from home all day. So from the moment I wake up, so pretty much I go to bed, I'm talking, I'm praising, I'm dancing, I'm, I'm just, I'm all engulfed. And so I don't know if that's cleansing, but it's, well, I would say yes, yeah, cleansing from being distracted by everything else. And it helps me stay out of my anxiety a lot too. So um, kind of go hand in hand, but yeah. How many days have you been doing that? Two months? Yeah. Because it's like, you know how they say, that was it 21 days to create a new habit? I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's 21 days, but 40 days, we know that there's something prophetic on 40, but you're creating a new habit. Yeah. You're, you're over, so whatever it needs to look like. I couldn't imagine not having it now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it fulfills me. It fills me. From, like, and then my mom from home, too, now. She's retired, but she works from home, so then I call her and be like, catch this word I just got, you know? And then we'll go for hours talking about, and it, it <laughs> In the middle of the night, wake up. Bang, you know? <laughs> That's, listen. And I'm like, Jesus wept, and I'm about to wept because I want to sleep. <laughs> I just can't, I can't turn it off. I can't let it go. That, speak a word, say a word. It, 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 it's like, and I've been through so much. And I think that that's, I don't think, my husband doesn't know me from that young woman. He doesn't know the things that I've gone through to the extent, I, you know what I mean? You've gone through it, you, you hear about it, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I can't let go, I can't, I can't stop. And I don't have a balance right now. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start on my work, then I'll go work. And then I'll work for a little while, and then I'll go back to, <laughs> and it's, it, it's like that all day, every day. And I love it. I, 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 and I kind of feel like, just one more part, I'm so sorry, but I've been applying for new roles within my company for you, probably about two years. If you look at my work day, it says, application assessed, not selected. It's like 13 of them, it just keeps going. And the rejection is like, it just kills your self-esteem and your spirit and whatnot. But I always tell, I, I just keep speaking, I trust him, I trust him, I trust him, whatever it is. But now I'm starting to feel like, I haven't had a new assignment since November at work. So I'm like at home doing nothing, literally all day. And now I'm starting to feel like maybe that has, like in this moment, I'm feeling like that's been part of his plan. It just, it's, it's just. So you can have your work? Yes. Prayer. And I can't get, I can't let loose of it. So thank God. <laughs> hey, so first off, thank you for sharing. Um, when we talked about, so the conclusion of the church life balance sermon was there is the, the goal for the believer is not to try to find balance, is to find Christ integration, is to find a way to get Christ in every area of your life while you're working, while you're married, while you're dating, while you're single, while you're whatever, what, whatever stage that you're in. The goal is for you to acknowledge Christ in all of your ways. So not telling you to pull back from worship and praise at all. 
If that spirit falls on you in the middle of the workday, hey, it is what it is. And um, to your point, it, it cancels out the anxiety. The word tells us to focus on things that are holy, things that are pure, like meditate on those things. Anxiety comes when we start to meditate on the lie, meditate on the things that have not even happened yet that we believe will, but God never told us that. And so I agree with you. I think that that idle time has been given as a gift for you to just be saturated in his presence. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else from the West Wing want to share something before we? Kino. So something that I have been cleansed from is being a rough, rugged, give-no-care man. Um, when you grow up in Louisiana, especially around the New Orleans area, you get kind of numb to a lot of different things in life. Um, you don't value certain things the way others do. It's either fight or be taken. So I've always been a fighter. I've always been that guy that, you know, less words, bust your head, be done with it, right? Um, but it's crazy because as I got older, it took her brother, which is my best friend, to teach me how to love and be vulnerable, right? Um, so over the years, I've been with him like the last 12 years as being my best friend, her the last six. Um, but again, about to turn 44 on, on the 10th, it's a very short time to understand what it is to be vulnerable um, as an older guy, right? So my thing is now being vulnerable with other people to let them know you don't have to be that closed kept person because when you do that, it doesn't do it, with, it doesn't do anything but cause more turmoil inside of you as well as not being able to check the, that outside situation. So one of the things that I've been fighting with, I'm not even gonna say fighting with, but um, at a loss for words and at a loss for a peace of mind on is what my calling is lately, right? Um, it's been times that I've thought my calling was to, to preach, uh, which has kind of gotten me into the mode to where I've started reading more, trying to learn different things. And like I was just telling my wife the other day, it was funny because as I'm going through certain things now and doing my daily, my daily reading, my daily um, things, I'm noticing that I'm, because I'm a hands-on learner, it's the stuff that I'm reading as I'm going through, and it's like applying to today's deals for me. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm reading about it, but then I'm seeing it firsthand in front of me, which is making me feel more comfortable about it. Um, so. That's my balance of trying to figure out where I want to go with things. Uh, but the biggest side of it is I'm also fighting about what I really want to do um, internally because I see a lot of young guys, um, a lot of young youth that literally grew up like I grew up. And I feel sorry for them. So it's, for me, it's, it's, it's trying to figure out what can I do to reach that next young man and say, hey, you don't have to be this way, to show him a better light, to show him what, it's, what it means to talking something out rather than wanting to fight something out, right? Um, if you can use your brain for all the crazy stuff that you're doing, why not use that for something that's gonna be more positive and something that's gonna grow for you in the future? So one of the things me and her brother have actually been talking about is actually, you know, us deciding how we how would we like to start a a profit nonprofit organization to help some of these young guys, right? Uh, because to be honest with you, I've played football at just about every level, right? <laughs> so I've played football in high school, college, NFL, done it all. And when you've looked at it in each one of those aspects, you you think that life is such a glamorous life being an NFL athlete or a um, high school or college athlete, because you're, you're, you're getting all this attention, you're getting newspapers on, on Sunday mornings, you're getting the girls, you're getting endorsements, you're getting, you get all these crazy things, right? But it's an emptiness, because you're spending all your money, you don't know what you're doing with those things, you don't know, no one's teaching these guys how to be young men. 
it's a very, very, very small amount of guys that are out there. And like for me, I kind of revert back to FC, uh, FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes that you know I was kind of into when I was in college. Didn't know what it meant then, but now as I'm older, I do. And it's just trying to figure out my thing that I'm praying for is something to lead me in a direction so I can reach back to these young youth and show them a better way. Amen. Uh, all right, so I heard four different avenues that you can take, right? And when I look at what, I look at Paul's life and how Paul was one who persecuted the church to the furthest degree, had an encounter with God and completely was transformed, went back to the same people that he persecuted and ended up being one of the most impactful vessels of God. So you want to impact young men, right? You were the guy that you're looking to impact 30 years ago, 20 years ago. That's you. Nobody can speak to that person better than you. The football thing, whether it's Pop Warner, middle school, high school, college, pros, you know exactly the mindset of the person in that space. Nobody can speak to that person better than you. Because you know how hard-headed we were at that age. You know what works and what's not going to work. They're not going to come and listen to a preacher preach to them. But getting to them on their level, speaking to them in their language, right, as one of them is what's most impactful. So I already see that the, 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 pro, the nonprofit strategy is already done. It's a matter of you and your best friend. What's his name? What's your brother's name? Alan. It's a matter of you and Alan literally writing down what you just told us because that is the strategy. I don't know who I want to go back to. You just mentioned all, you mentioned four different groups of people, right? Um, I don't know how I'm going to do it. You just talked to us about how you were once this hard-hearted person and now you've been transformed to be more vulnerable and you want to be able to tell people that they don't have to be that way. The best way to tell them that is to be that. And you've become that, right? And as you continue to evolve, God is just going to give you more wisdom and knowledge and strategy as to how to communicate that. People are best convinced by what they can see for themselves. If I can't see myself in you, if I don't find you to be credible, I'm not listening to you. Well, you've excelled on every level that these men are looking to excel towards. And so for them to not listen, you know what I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see that being the issue. The only thing now is you writing the vision that God has already given you, making it plain so that the people that are called to support you can run when they see it. Period. It's already done. It's done. Figure out the name of it. Done. Want to ask something? I, I hear she. She's like you. She over here like bubbling up. That's she got that thing too. But, I, but you know, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let something be established. Today is a new day for you. And before you even said all of that, I saw. Is was he in sports? His calling is to young boys. I think sports is the avenue, but I don't know if he's in sports. And then you go here and say everything I'm in, that the Lord is showing me. So the Lord's saying it is done. It's done. It's done. Receive it and and just do it. Just execute it. Don't worry about where the funds are going to come. He's going to provide. He just just like us. Just Lord, we don't have anything. We don't have a space. We don't have money. He says just do it, and He will provide. So this is just impartation of faith to just do it, and he will provide because it's done in the name of Jesus. He gave you the vision. You see it, and now just walk. Run your race. It's done. The boys, the children will come. The youth will come. You just, you just do it. You just go. Start with what you know. Yeah. It's the excitement of the Lord, like, because it's time. It's time. Yeah. Now, with that, we're we about to transition into worship. Um, I'm just excited for what God continues to do. And yeah, man, one, one step, one step of obedience unlocks opportunities, doors, resources, people, connections that you didn't even know 
were there because the world is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. You reveal yourself by taking action on what God told you to do. And people that are assigned to that, there are people now that are trying to figure out what is a nonprofit that I can support that's going to reach young boys. And then once you reveal yourself, it unlocks something. Once we said yes to hosting Bible study in our home, it unlocked this place. We had no idea. So we're telling you this as we're walking in faith now. We took a step and God said, okay, cool. You're already moving. I got you. I'm not going to unlock resources if you're going to be lazy, right? Like us. I'm, I'm not putting you in this by yourself. Like us, I procrastinate. I'm not going to give it to somebody that's just going to allow it to be squandered. But if you're already walking and stepping out on faith, you're already taking the necessary action steps that I can bless. So, yeah, man, I'm excited, man. Just, just, yeah, just go. Thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast. We pray that this message has blessed you. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and visit our website at activateministries.org to find out more ways on how you can partner with us. Any prayer requests, testimonies, or just to say hello, email info at activateministries.org. Let's activate.